Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Steph Nuzzo. Hello. And Summer Rose is not here. No. (laughs) She is off this week, but she will be back next week. Um, Coming up on the show, we're chatting about that insane Meghan Markle and Prince Harry interview with Oprah, plus some exciting news out of Mardi Gras, Reality Roundup is back and heaps more. So let's get into your pop fix where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. Okay, I honestly don't even know where to begin with this interview, uh, with like Oprah's interview with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, because there were so many bombshells, Steph. Mm. I think the only way I can really do it is to go through chronologically from start to finish how they kind of did it. Let's go. I'm excited. Okay. Get stressed. So... Yeah. (laughs) Megan kicked off the chat by saying that she went into royal life naively because when she was growing up, she didn't really know much about the royal family at all. Um, You know, being an American, it wasn't something that they spoke about or followed, which I think is understandable. I'm sure that most Americans didn't really care about the royal family until she joined it, Mm -hmm, right? For sure. She um she spoke about how she and the Queen actually have a really lovely relationship and how she learnt how to curtsy literally like minutes before meeting her because she didn't realise that she'd have to do that. I think she said that Harry asked her if she knew how to curtsy and she's just like Yeah Um that's just for public events. Like this is I'm just meeting your grandma and he's just like, She is the Queen. <laughs> like Oh my god. You still need to curtsy. Oh, that's weird. Um I think the first real shock came, I think, when Megan and Oprah were talking about this story that I think it went around about six months after Megan and Harry's wedding, where people were saying that Megan made Kate cry over the bridesmaids' dresses that, like, Princess Charlotte and the other girls were wearing, like, I flower girl. That. Yeah. Yeah. So, in fact, it was the reverse. She said a few days before the wedding, she was upset about the flower girls dresses and it made me cry and it really hurt my feelings. This is, uh, sorry, Kate was really upset. She added that Kate apologized following the incident and brought her flowers and get like ever a note apologizing and everything. Um, she says in the press, they ma- they seem to want to make a hero and a villain of her and Kate, but insisted that Kate is a good person who she imagines would want this story set straight. I don't know. Interesting. Would she? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, so did Kate do something to upset Megan then? Yeah, I think that she, Kate, was upset about dresses or something, literally something super trivial. Megan was kind of like, look, I'm going through a lot right now. My dad can't come to the wedding now. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm marrying into this horrific family. <laughs> um, You're she was crazy. like, what was hard? You're crazy. What was hard to get over was being blamed for something that not only I didn't do, but that happened to me. Mm. Oh, I felt sad for her already. It's messed up. Um, at one point during the interview, Oprah asks Megan, and I think this was in the um, trailer that we saw, she said, were you silent or were you silenced? Mm. And she said that it was the latter and added that the royal family were willing to lie to protect other members, but left Harry and Megan to fend for themselves. I came to understand that not only was I not being protected, but they were willing to lie to protect other members of the family, but they weren't willing to tell the truth to protect me and my husband, she explained. Mm. Um, Okay, another explosive part. Megan claimed that while pregnant, she and Harry were approached by a member of the royal family to discuss concerns about how dark Archie's skin might be when he was born. I saw that and that is absolutely disgusting. Although, so I mean, Oprah it is the royal family, shook. so I'm not that surprised. I know, but, like, I, 
uh, yeah, obviously I don't. So Oprah is going, who was having that conversation with you? But Megan refused to tell her who had the conversation, saying it would be very damaging for that person. So it's somebody we know. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. She said, that was relayed to me by Harry. There was conversations family had had with him. And Oprah asked, was the concern he would be too brown? And she said, I wasn't able to follow up why, but if that's the assumption you're making, it feels like a pretty safe one. Wow. Isn't that fucked? Yeah. Like, you know, people try to make it out that it's not a racist situation. Oh, it very clearly is. Clearly. Like, that's explicit. Yeah. They're literally saying, oh, your baby might be too dark for us. Um. She then referenced uh, a conversation that they had with um, the royals that they decided that Archie wouldn't be given a title, which would therefore mean he wouldn't have any security when he was born. So, Like a security detail at all? Yeah. Wow, okay. And um, things like, you know, she said that she and Harry were never actually asked to take a photo outside of the hospital after Archie was born. You know, those famous shots of... Diana yeah. and Kate and and we were saying good on her. She didn't do that. She didn't like, you know, yeah. get talked into it. But they were never asked. And in the press it was that they refused. Oh my God. Um, yeah. So um, but yeah, she was saying that her kids wouldn't have a title and she didn't care about that. All she wanted to know was that they would be safe. And apparently I think that she was saying that when Prince Charles becomes king. Mm-hmm. everyone kind of goes up a level you know what I mean so her yep. kids would then become prince and princess oh but I think that they won't be the royal family decided this is even before they left the royal family that they would not have titles so they changed the the rules they did they changed the rules she said that they changed the rules wow yeah that is a lot yep and I mean sorry but like to bring like bring up race again but like the the only family members who's got like you know a black woman as the as, as the mother that's there that that's the only time that they're going to change the rules so yep. like how can you think of it as anything ever i can't speak english anything other than a racial thing yeah i know oh my god and, you know, they're so unwilling to change rules normally, right? Like, it's not easy to just change a rule yeah, in the royal family. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. One of the most heartbreaking parts of the chat was when Megan was saying she was actually suicidal in 2019 while pregnant with Archie oh because of this intense public scrutiny. She said, I would sit up at night and I was just like, I don't understand how all of this is being churned out. Eventually she told Harry how she was feeling out of fears that she would actually end up acting on these impulses if if she didn't get help. Mm. Um, She said, I was really ashamed to say it at the time and ashamed to have to admit it to Harry, especially because I know how much loss he has suffered. Megan said that the state of her mental health was frightening and she went to a, a senior royal telling them how she had never felt this way before and needed to go somewhere to get help. Uh, She was told that she couldn't because it wouldn't look good for the institution. Fuck off. Yep. That's disgusting. And honestly, that family needs a lot of therapy. So I know. They're just I know. shooting themselves in the foot there. What the hell? 
That is so damaging. But also there's been a lot of like, a, I mean, a big push, at least from the younger generations like, um, you know, Kate and and Will talking about, about mental health. But obviously yep. it's not, you know, followed through in the family itself, which is yeah. concerning. At one point she even said it was quite funny. She said she went to HR, which I'm like, that exists. In the family. But because <laughs> Yeah, but because she's not like a paid staff member, they couldn't do anything. So they were kind of like, look, we feel really horribly for you, but we actually can't do anything. So, okay, she was not a paid staff member, but she still had so to like, elect to leave. So, like, if maybe she was, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. So she still and had she to she was quit. saying things like, but, like, even they take away things like your passport, any, like, personal items, your driver's license, anything like that. They take that away when you join the fa- Like, she doesn't, she didn't have any of that stuff. Why? So she can't leave. So you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So then how can they possibly say, well, you're not an actual staff member? Yeah, I know, right? Like that's, it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's a contradiction. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, on a much happier note, okay. uh, when Harry did join the conversation, because they did it in two parts with just Megan and then they had Megan and Harry together, he told Oprah that they are expecting a baby girl. Oh, that's so, sweet. Yeah, so he said that he was very grateful and felt like their family was complete and they said that they will not be having any more children <laughs> after they've had their daughter because they've got a family of four and I think they've got two dogs and they're very, very happy um, how that looks. Um, but something that did shock me, I know, I know, there is more, <laughs> was when Prince Harry, uh, he, he was very frank when he joined the conversation and he was saying how Prince Charles had stopped taking his calls for a while after Harry decided to take matters into his own hands because no one was willing to help him and Meghan. So, yeah, his own dad. So he was then involved in causing more trouble for them. Yeah. Really. So, like, wow. he says that he loves his dad, of course, but it's, you know, he's taking his calls now, but he was kind of a bit funny about it. So I'm not sure if they're quite on the same page uh, just yet. Um, and it was interesting because when he was asked if he had blindsided the Queen, he said, I've never blindsided my grandmother. I have too much respect for her. And the way that they spoke about the Queen was they spoke so highly of her. and um yeah, and he he even said that he has spoken to the Queen more in the last 12 months than ever before. Maybe, I mean, this is going to sound ridiculous because a lot of, the, a lot of what is informing uh, what I'm about to say comes from <laughs> the Crown, which is clearly uh, a very yes. factual Which we know is. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, yeah, obviously I know that it's, you know, only loosely or partly based in fact. But, you know, if you kind of look through historically her experience in that position, there's been a lot of times that she's been strong-armed into doing things that she doesn't want to do. Um, and yeah. it's more, you know, is it, isn't it, is it the firm that's like behind? Yeah. 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 Um, and she has actually not been in agreement with a lot of, the decisions yeah. made. So I don't know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe she's all right. Yeah. But she is the head of it, so she kind of does wear it all and it looks 
because everybody talks about how cold she is or whatever, but maybe that's not the case. I don't know. But also, like, how sad for her. Like, she was never meant to be the queen. I know. She was meant to be, like, the, the archie of the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, but, I know. But then, um, yeah, her uncle abdicated. Um, he also shared that his family cut him off in the first quarter of 2020, but he was very lucky that he had his inheritance from his mum, which was the only way that he was able to afford to move his family and pay for their security. So they really needed those those um, deals with the streaming giants because wow. that's that's their job. Like they're not getting paid by anything else. And and they even said at the beginning of this interview explicitly that they were not paid for this interview. So when was this when when they chose to separate from the royal family that he was cut off financially? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's it's just weird. I mean, yeah. I'm sure like they'll be fine, but it is just yeah. interesting that kind of like a choice that is to protect your family that the response yeah. is that you're on your own immediately. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they even said that when um Megan was saying that when they said that they were going to leave, they were like, "Okay, no more security for you." And Megan was like, "Look, I don't care about myself, but Harry is someone that people could go after. Yeah. She was like, I've, please protect him. And they were like, nah, you're out, probably not. See ya. I wonder though when like um, when Queen Elizabeth's uncle abdicated, did he lose all of his security? Yeah. You know I, I mean, know. I wonder if it's consistent – yeah. With like other family members, because it sounds like other things that have happened are um, have not happened. Oh. Yeah, have only happened to the um, to Harriet and and Meghan, which yeah. is shocking. I don't know. Like that seems like really careless, especially if it's like I don't know your grandson and the future king's son. Yeah. How did how do they think that's a smart move? Or they yeah, just I don't truly know. don't care. I don't know. Yeah. I think they were also saying that they <laughs> yuck. Sorry. Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> yuck. Um I think that they were also saying like they they really didn't even really need to leave. But they were literally given no other option. Like they were saying, you know, there are heaps of other uh, members of the royal family who are not senior working members. Mm. And they were like, can we just be that? Can we just get a, like, take a little step down? And they just weren't allowed. So they were like, well, we've got to go. And, and like Harry said, I think we mentioned it last week, that he was scared about history repeating itself. The media yeah. was so harsh on on Megan and he just needed to get his family out of there and 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 yeah what good I, on him what I find really wild as well about this and stop me if you're going to mention this later but um I thought it was really honestly appalling that I saw that the day before that this interview interview was meant to air that like the times decides to report that the palace is investigating bullying claims against Megan like as in oh my gosh. former yeah. staff members have alleged that she was a bully. I just, after <laughs> watching this interview, 
I just don't see it. I don't see how she would be capable of that. Yeah, but like, sorry, the timing of that is just. It is. It's horrific. And and that comes from the palace. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It came from the palace. So as if, how can, I mean, look, it just, it's a bit curious, right? That, oh, this like, this interview that is going to expose all the horrors of being a royal um, is about to come out. And then this, you know, horrible um, allegation against Megan just happens to fall into somebody's lap the day before. That's bullshit. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I just I just don't believe it. I I can't look at her in this interview and be like, yeah, for sure. I mean, she was so depressed. Yeah. In, in her last year of being there, I can't see unless she came. Like, I just I don't see it. I saw that her Suits co-star, Patrick Adams, was just, like, being like, you guys are wrong yeah. and just sharing all this, like, lovely stuff about Megan and, and all the shit that she's gone through. Mm-hmm. And it is, it sucks. You, you fall in love with a guy and then your life just changes so dramatically. I Yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy. Um, Harry also spoke about his brother, Prince William, mm-hmm. and he said that, you know, he loves him dearly but they're just on different paths. So obviously there's been a lot of chatter about them and this rift between them because Harry left him and, but yeah, he didn't say too much about him, but loves him, just different paths. Um, There was one thing that Harry was not comfortable with sharing and that was who the person who spoke about Archie's skin colour was. Okay, so they both refused to answer that question. And when asked, Harry said, I'm never going to share, saying that he was very shocked at the time. Interesting. Somebody senior, you said. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I've got an idea, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it because, (laughs) I don't know, the royal family might come after us. But (laughs) we've spoken about someone a couple times. Maybe it was them. Um. I am not following. Would it be okay. <laughs> would it be a Someone, female or a male? I'm thinking a male. Older. older oh, male. okay, okay. Interesting, interesting. Or could it be an even older, older male? Someone who's maybe in hospital. Oh, but the older, older male, would that be something that would really, really shock you? No, I don't. Yeah, true. That's true. Maybe know. just the older male. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We will never we find know. out. Yeah, literally never because they're never going to say it. Yeah, but whoever <laughs> but said it was... that, that's a bad thing to say, guys. That's, yeah. Don't know. <laughs> if you're listening to Pop Fix, just know you're a shit person, all right? <laughs> um, it was interesting as well because Harry was saying how trapped he felt in the royal family. And he was saying, you know, my father and my brother are both trapped. They just don't know it. Okay, so I saw that quote that saying that they were both trapped. I didn't see the part that they don't know it. Yeah. And I suppose that kind of I'm really... pretty sure that's what they said. Now I'm doubting myself, but I'm oh, pretty no, sure that's like, what he said. I, I'm, I'm going from memory here, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. But, I mean, it would it kind of makes sense, right, if they're on different paths and – there's been tension with both of those relationships. Yeah. It would kind of make sense that maybe they don't really see 
the institution the same, the same way. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, but they've both, you know, you look at Charles again in the crown. <laughs> <laughs> His experiences, though, um, growing up, he it, it, it was like honestly borderline abusive in some points against yeah. the crown. I don't know, but just like but. The experiences that a lot of those people have had have not been have not been fun, sunny um, interactions. It's, it's yeah. a very it appears to be a very toxic environment that cares not for people at all and just the image. So onto something a little more colourful and joyful. Colourful, yes. yes. <laughs> The Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras Festival, it wrapped up over the weekend with a slightly different looking but no less celebratory parade at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Um, while hosting the event in a stadium, it's kind of different to what we're used to, you know, if you've ever been before. Very different, yeah. Yeah, that Oxford Street parade is, you know, iconic in Sydney. It's very famous. Um, very not COVID safe right now. Absolutely not. So they did make a wise choice moving that somewhere else. Although I did see videos <laughs> from the, from inside the SCG. And I can't say that was super COVID safe. Did they have very clear <laughs> social distancing? I don't know. I just don't know. I, 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 you know, I only saw one person's Instagram stories, but I was okay. like, that's a lot of people and they seem to be quite close together. Oh, interesting. I could be wrong. But that's just how it appeared on that Instagram story, which I guess is quite a limited view. Yeah, I guess. And I know that they did have like a limit of the amount of people who could go. Like it was a ticketed event, so they could very easily monitor. I mean, when you're inside, I don't know. But um, yeah, true. this obviously was a kind of simpler way to keep um, a handle of the whole event. Um, yeah. But from what I've seen, it was it was like kind of a hit right like I mean it was it was different but it was also aired on ABC and um they had the geo blocking um turned off so people could watch it from wherever in the world yeah because obviously there's like a lot of people who love stranded well yeah yeah exactly come home a lot of Aussies abroad and also a lot of international people who like love the um and who travel yeah a lot of people travel yeah we throw a good party. It's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. But like, I guess you know, also you you sort of, from what I've heard, you had a better vantage point of seeing the whole show because that's cool. Yeah, because I mean, obviously you're watching from TV, cool. But like, if you're at the um the Sydney Cricket Ground, because it's ticketed and like the whole thing is um in the stadium and they're moving around there, you could see the performances and yeah. the floats and all a little bit um, more easily. So, so that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, it was very different, but there was still a lot of kind of classic things like there were still celebs performing and a lot of awesome costumes and I don't know if you've seen much of it, but um, Rita Ora um, and Electric Fields performed and there were local celebs like um, Karen Bickmore was there. And um, the whole thing was hosted by Courtney Act, Joel Creasy, uh, Narelda Jacobs and Zoe Coombs-Ma. So, yeah, it looked pretty cool considering it was a COVID-safe event. I feel like it was... Allegedly. 
allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed to be quite the hit, which is cool. That made me very happy to see. But, um, you know, with the Mardi Gras, it seemed like there were a couple big announcements to come out, which was quite exciting Um, for me at least. I was very thrilled. So I don't know if you're a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, Marnie. Okay, I really I don't I don't come onto this show wanting to disappoint anyone. <laughs> but you do. But I have only watched a little bit. Like I have watched some, but I've only watched a little bit because I interviewed Courtney Act a couple of years ago and I wanted to get a sense for the show. So I, I yes. know a little bit about it, but I've not watched a lot of it. Okay. It's very good. I recommend that you watch a lot more of it. I can give you seasons that you should okay. that you should watch. Um, Cause there are like there are some real standout seasons. People. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and people too. Some of the drag queens in it are phenomenal. And there's a lot of drama <laughs> and it's just very cool. Anyway. I do like the drama. Yeah. But um yeah the they have announced that there's gonna be a RuPaul's drag race down under, which is very exciting. Yeah. And um at Mardi Gras there was a um float I don't even know if there were actual floats on this thing, but anyway, a float I'm gonna call it anyway. Um that revealed all the drag queens that were going to be appearing in the first season of the show, which I feel like is that would quite be a fun, fun way to do it. Yeah. 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 So it was this Big reveal. It's been reported on internationally because it's such a huge thing. And so I won't go through the full list of, of names because we're not familiar with the ladies just yet. But some of the names that you're going to want to get to know if you're going to watch this season, Marnie, which I think that you probably will now. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got some pretty well-known Australian drag queens in et cetera, et cetera. Art Simone, Coco Jumbo. Karen from Finance, which is a brilliant name. <laughs> I did love that name. Yeah. And there's um, a few Kiwi queens as well. So there's um, Electra Shock, who's going to be um, appearing on the show as well. So you should all check them out on Insta. They're a lot of fun. I think it's going to be a cool season. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, judged by RuPaul, Michelle Visage, and comedian Reese Nicholson. Oh, I was just going to say, I was surprised that it was shot in New Zealand because so many places, so many, sorry, so many uh, shows and movies and stuff are shooting in Australia. So I was like, why are they doing it in New Zealand? Not that I care, but but it's down I guess under. I care a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually know it was filmed in New Zealand. I think that's what I saw, yeah. Interesting. Maybe um, I'm not sure why that would be. Maybe RuPaul just was like, I want to go to New Zealand. I'm pretty sure RuPaul's husband is Australian. What's going on? Correct us. Correct me if if I'm wrong, by the way, guys. I, I, I'm i pretty sure I saw that it was shot in New Zealand, and I guess we'll find out when it's on Stan. Yeah, we will. So it's going to be coming out later this year. We don't have a date yet, though, as far as I understand. I haven't oh. seen a date. But um, coming shortly. So that will be really exciting because I want a new show to be obsessed with, and because it's on Stan, that means that because I don't have an antenna, I can... I can still watch it. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> but another big announcement to come out of the weekend, which is actually not, admittedly, it's not Mardi Gras specific, but it's relevant, <laughs> right? It's relevant. Yeah. It was on the weekend and it's still connected. Um, yeah. Hugh Sheridan got engaged, which is really I, sweet. I know I saw this. I'm going to be honest though. I mean, 
the whole because it was done publicly. Yeah. Right. So the it's whole Adelaide, public. Right? Yeah, the Fringe Festival. I think mm. Hugh had a show called Hugh Man. Oh. Okay. <laughs> cool. The whole public proposal thing. Maybe that's very much him, and that's really great. But mm. after being with someone for four months, proposing yes. publicly is quite a gamble, no? Oh, it is. It's a big. It's a big risk. Yeah. I I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm glad it worked out. That's nice. Yeah. I'm, I mean, wish them all every happiness. Oh, yeah. But maybe enjoy a long engagement, guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it, we're in COVID times anyway, so, like, you know, stretch it out. But I yeah, think, yeah, true. <laughs> I think that may, maybe because, like, you know, with that um, essay that, Hugh wrote a little yeah. while ago. He's obviously had to kind of like hide his relationships and his sexuality yeah. over the, the years. So maybe he just was like, I'm going to do a big public thing. His partner's name is, I have not written it down. No, I do have it here. Kurt Roberts. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and they met at a party in Sydney and they've been – I don't know, inseparable ever since, I guess. So that's that's really nice. I think that, like, this is his first um, publicly gay relationship. Yeah. And I guess it's his last, which is Yeah, cute. but, I, I mean, I saw I saw even that uh, he was saying that they needed to slow down the relationship around Christmas. He was like, I needed to take it, you know, a bit old school, slow it down a little bit because it was quite a lot at the beginning. Oh. And then they moved in, like, last week together oh so it was like they slowed down for maybe a couple of weeks and then they ramped it back up when you know you know babe yeah i mean i just hope <laughs> I, I really hope that it all works out yeah me too <laughs> all right we'll be back in just a moment for a reality roundup and rate it or hate it don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter we are at pop fix podcast or we'd love to have you in our facebook group which you can find if you search the same thing You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Reality Roundup. So let's start off with the announcement of the new Bachelor. Now, Steph, I thought of you immediately when I saw him. So his name is Jimmy Nicholson. Mm -hmm. He's not someone we know. He's a pilot and a model because, of course, he is. He's 31 <laughs> and oh. a self-confessed romantic. And Should I be on the show? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. He's not white. Oh, thank Christ. Thank so he is of Fijian Lord. and New Thank Zealand Lord. heritage. Thank Lord. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so fans were super excited by the fact that Jimmy is an unknown after Lockie Gilbert last year. Yeah. And we are just excited to see some diversity. Uh, so I'm going to watch Let's. Now. I'm going to yes. buy an antenna. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it'll, let's be honest, it'll all be for nothing if they just have a bunch of white girls as contestants. So That's hopefully true. they show that they're listening to the audience and actually change and include some diversity in there, guys. Yeah, so maybe they shouldn't come. Anyone at Channel 10? <laughs> so, you're Italian? <laughs> no, that's really exciting. I, I think, like, it took them long enough. I mean, this is what, the second person of colour to lead this, yeah. lead this, this series I think it in is. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's they haven't had crazy. Any, 
all the women have been white. Yeah. So. So good on you, Ten. Continue the work, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in Batchy Land, Georgia Love and Lee Elliott tied the knot in Tassie over the weekend. Oh, they were, cute. yeah, they were meant to get married in Italy, so they have jokingly referred to it as Tazkini. Um, but <laughs> the ceremony and reception looked amazing. Her dresses really suited her, I thought, and they just looked so happy. So a huge congratulations to them. Yeah, did Love you that see for them. that they did the um, the lift? From um, they did from the when they were on the Bachelorette, from the dirty dancing, dirty dancing. I was like, baby, yeah. come on, what's it called? Yeah. Baby, come on, baby, baby. come on. <laughs> this is the movie. Um, one thing that I noticed, this is lame of me, but whatever. Um, their hashtag, a lovely wedding, is yeah. brilliant. And yeah. I then was like, what's Marnie's hashtag gonna be? Oh. <laughs> and what did you come up with? Not anything. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like, I no, I don't have anything. I don't know what I was just going to say just then. I was really trying to think of like Marnie Fowler, like found her match. No. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Uh, for those who don't know, Steph is actually my maid of honour. So ah, I'm yeah. going to be giving her this job now. She's going to have to think of um, my hashtag. Everyone's oh, welcome to um, suggest, of course. Please help me. I'm really bad at puns. Hit us up heard. on social media. <laughs> <laughs> because that would be really helpful for both of us. Uh, now on to maths, Steph's favourite. Oh, yeah. Steph loves a bit of maths. We have to talk about something that happened last week uh, okay. because it was uh, in a new addition to the experiment, the newlyweds had to rank all the other brides and grooms in order of attractiveness. Oh, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So grooms Bryce and Sam were left in the doghouse after ranking their brides, Melissa and Coco, quite far down the list. I think both of them put them halfway down. So I think there's eight couples. They Just put them lie. Up. Come on. Just lie. Honestly, you'll remember Bryce is the guy who was apparently living in Victoria with Melissa despite apparently having a secret girlfriend and that it was for, like, good PR kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they both ranked their brides as number four on the scale. Coco actually put Sam in the bottom four, which I was like, yeah, girl, he is not hot. Well, <laughs> And also a terrible personality. He is not a nice human. Which Just, makes you uglier. Yes. And that's what she was saying. She was like, honestly, I would have put him last but I knew that he would crack the shit. Uh, while Melissa put Bryce at number one, which oh, Bryce said made him feel sick. Even on the couch at the commitment ceremony, as in it made him feel sick because he didn't put her first or I don't know. But how did he, he not know in advance that that was going to be a stupid choice on his She part. is clearly very into him. She's never said one bad thing to him. And he, the way he talks about how she is not someone he would normally go for, he would not go up to her at a bar, like that comes up way too often. Like at the commitment ceremony, he made a huge deal about her not having blue eyes, which is apparently something that's very important to him. Melissa has green eyes. Oh so potato, potato, my mate. God. <laughs> She's a beautiful girl and you do not deserve her. What colour eyes like, does he have? I don't even know, blue. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. But, like, one of the um, experts was like, I mean, she has green eyes. <laughs> What's the problem with you? <laughs> like, they're like, you're literally discounting her because she doesn't have the right coloured eyes? Like, are you That is kidding? disgusting. He is the worst. He is legit the worst. Um, 
so yeah, people were saying that um, that little game thing, the ranking thing, mm. they've called it messed up, disgusting, harsh, and cruel, and I quite agree. It was That's pretty messed up. Uh, we also saw the lead up to what is looking like a cheating scandal between Coco and Cameron, who met up because Coco knew that Cam knew her shithead husband from back home and wanted advice only for Cam to tell her he thinks that Sam is a dickhead and that they should have been paired up. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Probably well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because cheating in the experiment goes well for every single couple that's done. Because um, there have been zero couples (laughs) who end the experiment successfully after doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to Is It Worth It? Steph has a few recommendations for us. So hit us. Hit us, okay. Steph. Don't hit us. I'll, I'll just that gently stupid. tap. I don't know Yeah, just, yeah, just that didn't make a little. Sense. Yeah. Don't put me I don't know where I went with hashtag. this, guys. So okay. anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so guys, I finally watched Framing Britley. 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 <laughs> I've not actually heard of Framing Britley. <laughs> Taking this new thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just reminded myself of Britta Water. Anyway, I'm, gonna start. I'm keeping this in the edit. Just saying. all right, fine. We can. This is this is chaotic. Okay, so um, I watched Framing Britney. If you needed me to clarify, um, <laughs> last week with probably the rest of Australia, I if- didn't, and I'm like so sad. Money. I missed out. I know. <laughs> I'm well, sad. Well, I mean, I can. I'll walk you through it now. Yes, <laughs> and then please you do. can see if it's worth your time. Um, I think it will be. It is just to give you a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, if you haven't seen it yet, like Marnie, uh, the New York Times documentary travels through the career and personal life of Britney Spears and the events that eventually lead to her conservatorship and the messed up situation with her father. Uh, Jamie Spears I found it very very interesting because I mean obviously there's been a lot of talk about it and I was expecting to be really drawn in by the documentary anyway but I don't know it it still managed to sort of surprise me by how much it affected me one of the things that really stood out was at the beginning in particular they talk about you know the, the, the start of Britney's career and a lot of the people who met her in her youth and got her started and they interviewed a bunch of those people and a lot of them mentioned how her father was really not involved in any way unless it pertained to money. Oh, uh, yeah. See, exactly. That's what mm. we've been saying. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they all didn't seem to like him either. But people were just like, he wasn't really around. He was just interested in knowing how he was going to make it work financially. And that's all I'll say about him. That was kind wow. of the vibe so that yeah more than one person spoke about him in that way so I found that very um interesting yeah and then the whole thing of just watching it chronologically right and and seeing yeah. how Britney was treated by the media you know especially the paparazzi there were a couple of paparazzi um members that were interviewed for the documentary and one of them honestly was saying like she needed us we needed her 
she never told us that she needed a break or that she didn't want us around. And the interviewer or the producer or whoever's talking to him was like, what about when she said, I don't want you around? Yeah, that, that, that one time. Or leave me alone or whatever. And he was like, yeah, yeah but she said that for like the day, not forever. So mm. she did many I don't interviews. I think that's what she meant. <laughs> It just, it was really weird. I was like, I guess you've said whatever you can to convince yourself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, watching that treatment and just how it snowballed over the years, it was chilling. It really, really was. And, you know, we've, we've touched on it before, but you know, it's, it's just very clear to see how it would just weigh on any person and how much it has changed her because. Yeah. The impact is significant and I don't know, the the whole thing, by the end, it just, it really disgusted me the way that, you know, people spoke about her, people spoke to her. There was an interview with um, Diane Sawyer. Oh, was she horrible? Well, she was talking about how mothers hate Britney at the time because of the the um example she sets right there was an audio um recording that aired somewhere i'm not sure where somebody was saying i would like to shoot britney spears what the fuck yeah because of how horrible she is for our children right and diane Sawyer told that to britney in the interview oh man and britney was saying that's really sad that's really sad yeah. that she has said that and diane's like well, because of the example that you set and what you're doing to the children, that's why they feel that way. I was like, what kind of an interview is this? Oh, my God. I cannot say, as someone who listened to Britney and watched her film clips as a kid, yeah. that she influenced me negatively in any way, and I'm sure that millions of other people would say the same thing. Yeah. So these people are just making shit up. They're not even talking to people who are actually watching it i don't know i'm just like what the fuck it's because they thought that she was too sexualized and then also the whole thing with jt and like how he was you know we've spoken about that before as well but you know he really played on that and like his image of being like the perfect um you know boy band star dude whatever and she was the high school slut is basically the comparison that they make in the in the documentary and also, it's not her fault. Someone told her to do that. Some older man would have been like, this is what you're going to wear. This is what yeah. you're going to do. This is how you're going to dance. This is yeah. the image that you're going to put out. This will and- sell lots of albums. Yeah. And then it was the only thing that anybody could talk about. And it was like, the dudes were like, we want to talk about your breasts in the interview. And the women are like, we want to shoot you, apparently. It was just extreme. The, I mean... I think that by no means are we <laughs> great at the, like in the way that we treat women today, but it is yeah. a very clear difference. Like this would just not happen to this level. I mean, I say that and then you think about how Megan's been treated, so yeah. maybe I'm wrong. But That's um, different, Steph. That's because she's half black. Yeah, fuck. It's it is yeah. I think that like the sexualization side of it maybe yeah. is a little bit more accepted. sort of but yeah it was honestly 
appalling. And and I and I did look at it and I thought, you know, I I remember when this happened, at the height of it when she was really unwell, yeah. and I definitely did not take it seriously. Like I was like, no, neither. And that's disgusting. Like, yeah. fuck me for that. That's horrible. I can't. But also, yeah. I think that's because of the way that the media portrayed her. We were quite young, and yeah. we don't. We didn't have access to the internet like we do today. Like to get on the internet would be like ten minutes. Definitely. And like, I think it's just so different. I think we have more of an understanding now. Social media exists, and you just kind of we've we've just learnt now. Yeah, absolutely. And people have a better understanding of mental health yeah. and they talk about exactly. it in a more exactly um, right. open way as well. People yeah. are more respectful, which is one plus, I, I guess. But it's just really sad that, you know, she had to be the victim of of this just bullying and, I don't know, she, she was treated in a way that I just hope nobody is treated again. Um, so, yeah, it's worth it. Definitely, but just be prepared to have a lot of feelings after seeing the documentary. Yeah, well, I can't wait to watch it. I really need to get on that. And then the other thing <laughs> is I have finished One Division. I'm one episode away. Okay, well, obviously gonna... no spoilers. Yeah, no, nah, don't worry. You wouldn't do that you. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Because we spoke about it after the first episode came out. We did. And now. Yeah, now we're at the end. So you can tell us whether the whole season was worth it. I think it definitely was. I think that when I first started watching it, I was like, what is happening? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I was like, what is this show? (laughs) And why is it happening like this? But I was really addicted to those little pieces of information that you'd kind of get tossed at each you know, point yeah. in the, in, as the season Those, progressed. Like, mysterious little nuggets. Yeah. I was going to say nuggets too. Oh, there you go. Great minds. Great minds. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then kind of as it progressed, you sort of saw it unravel and I think they did it in a really clever way. A lot of uh, twists and turns. Yeah, a lot. And I have read about... Theories you know, and things? Yeah, and also the comic books that influenced the show. So there yep. were certain reveals that I was expecting to happen. Yes, same. Yeah. Um, but also I was still interested to see how they were going to do it. Yeah. And I and they kind of at, at times I was like, maybe they're not going to like st- stay true to the original stories with these particular characters. I don't want to say anything too specific. Yes, I know that yeah. Some people may not have watched very far along at all but um even though I kind of knew they sort of still kept me guessing just like in case they were gonna pivot it which I thought was cool yeah Um, and I I did I loved the kind of like dance between reality and and sitcom yeah it was just really refreshing I haven't seen anything done like that before um and the the references to different shows you know across the decades was really cool yeah trying to guess what all of them were like yep. when um, Malcolm in the Middle yeah. episode was very clear to me. I just was like, oh, my God, I remember that. Anyway, but um, I think that Elizabeth Olsen did a phenomenal job. She's so good. Yeah, she's excellent. I I mean, I've, I've liked her throughout her, you know, Marvel career, but 
Um, we haven't had the chance to get to know her in any way, really. Yeah, it's just been just like brief little glances. And I think this really, with and also um, Paul Bettany, just to kind of see their kind of their characters yep. um, have some time to play and, and you see that evolve a little. It was really nice. I yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot, especially I kind of just, I really love their relationship. You really yeah. get drawn in by it. So I like that Marvel's doing this with this next kind of stage that they're they're taking more of the, you know, the smaller characters and giving them a shot, like to kind of expand on their storylines a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, I did see that with the finale, right? They that the um, I can't remember if it was the director who who said this quote, but they basically were saying that people were probably going to be disappointed. Oh, so yeah. be prepared for a. Uh, uh not so great ending or well the way that they phrased it and i'm paraphrasing it but like essentially they were saying you're probably going to be disappointed but hopefully you'll be you'll understand that it's kind of coming to a natural close and um right. that it's it should still give you some sort of satisfaction in a way so okay that I'm, I actually wasn't that disappointed. I thought that they did a nice job. And because it's a miniseries, I think this is this is it now. Like This is the only yeah. kind of experience we're going to get of it. And I because thought it was tied leading, nicely. Yeah, because isn't it leading into she's going to be in the new Doctor Strange movie? Yes. And she's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, and I'm very excited to see her in that now because she is a literal badass. Yeah. Also... I didn't realize until I think it was like episode seven, mm. maybe seven or six, that there were after credit scenes because the credits oh my God, I take missed so a lot long. of them. Yes. But I was I happy when I was like, them. oh, I didn't miss out on all of them because I didn't, yeah. There, there was, I think it was just six, seven, eight, nine. Is it nine is the last one? Nine's the last episode. There's two yeah. in that. So I watched okay. the first one and I missed the second one. I still haven't seen it. Uh, I need to go okay. watch it. Um, so so yeah. if you're watching it, guys, yeah. make sure and just like skip along a little bit because the credits are like stupidly long. Yeah, they they drag on a bit. Just fast forward. Yeah. But there's two, so make sure you stick around to watch the end, yeah, um, play out. But it was nice. I really liked it. It made me really excited for the um, Falcon and Winter Soldier series yeah. as well. Yeah. Cool. Is it Falcon and Winter Soldier or is it Winter Soldier and Falcon? I think it's Falcon. I can't Winter remember. Soldier. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, yeah. Yeah, so uh, definitely worth it, guys. Alrighty, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now, and just leave us a five star rating and a review, even if you don't, even if you don't like it. I just don't even care. Just, but we would appreciate <laughs> it. I do care. I would very much appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast, and we'd love to have you in our Facebook group, which we mentioned before. Just search Pop Fix Podcast. We'll Pop right up. <laughs> I didn't want to say pop again. Um, <laughs> Steph, where can we find you on Insta? I'm at Steph Nuto. And you can find me at Marnie Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye.